Coming up on NRL Teams, Melbourne sound a storm warning as they move to Sydney to take on the Warriors, who are dealing with the shock sacking of Stephen Kearney. Tommy Turbo blows another gasket, but will Manly be left hamstrung without one of the game's most influential players? Four straight losses forces Anthony Seabold to make change, but did the Broncos boss make the right call? And the NRL prepares to say goodbye to one of the game's greatest ever English imports. The panel pays tribute to James Graham. Hello, welcome to NRL Teams, brought to you by Telfast. Yes, plenty going on in the world of Rugby League. We'll pay tribute to James Graham when we discuss the Dragons lineup for Round 7. The teams will drop in a few minutes, but how good was the weekend of footy? Some big hits and, uh, of course, another successful beanie for brain cancer. Around $2.55 million raised for a great cause. That takes the tally over the last four seasons to over $10 million and for the last seven years for the Mark Hughes Foundation, they have cracked $20 million. Brett Kamali, Robbie Farrell, we spoke about the importance of this round uh, last week. In trying times for every Australian, this is massive. It's huge, considering there's been no crowds at the game either. So for everyone to dig into their pockets, um, go out and buy the beanies and support the... The Mark Hughes Foundation is, a, is an outstanding result to raise over $2.5 million. So they've uh, sold uh, 140,000 beanies, still 10,000 for sale. So you can still get some at the Mark Hughes Foundation website. Uh, on the footy front, though, the big news yesterday, the Melbourne Storm have to move uh, to Sydney for the foreseeable future. It might be Queensland in the next few weeks, uh, given the outbreak of coronavirus in Victoria. Brett Kamali, this is uh, a big, big story, given that they have to move uh, with not much notice. How difficult is it for a player to get used to that news? Oh, I think it's huge news for them, obviously. They knew at the start of the season there was a chance they are going to move to Albury to play some games, but that was forward planning. That was in preparation. As you said, Zach, we've got no idea uh, when restrictions are going to ease back in Victoria. How long will they be in either Sydney or relocating to a different venue? Will they see their families? When do they say hello to their kids again? Uh, it's a huge, huge deal for the, for the Storm to, to, to have to... They've got to put up with it, but it's... Mm. It's a huge drama for them. They said it's not ideal, Robbie. I mean, the Warriors have had to make the biggest hit-up of every any club by moving away from their family overseas. They're going good, aren't they? Yeah. Well, we'll get to them. Well, we spoke about that too. And I think you know, when you're away for so long, the cha- yeah, it is quite challenging. And, and as you've seen with the Warriors, the inconsistencies from week to week is quite difficult. You know, the novelty of staying in a hotel wears off. You're in each other's company 24-7. You know, it does get you away from family yeah. and friends. And, and in the Storm's case too, now, as, as Noddy said, they don't know how long they're going to be away for. So the unknown is going to be the difficult thing for them to um, to deal with. So they're meant to have the Warriors at home this week. They'll play that at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. Well, they'll then meant to host uh, the Roosters at home and then the Raiders away. So Melbourne is generally one of the toughest road trips, which you would know mm. a, a, as a recently retired player. So how big a blow is this for them? Other clubs are about to welcome back fans at their home grounds. Yeah, well, it's always been an advantage for them having their own you know, home ground down there. As you said, it's a tough place to go. So, uh, yeah, for them now to relocate and play up in Sydney is a, is a massive disadvantage, uh, especially now that crowds are being re- reintroduced to games. Uh, so now that, that ad- advantage they would have got down there in Melbourne um, is non-existent anymore. So um, it'd be quite quite interesting to see how they ha- handle you know a challenging few months coming up. Uh, and if anyone is able to handle it and still stay their professional manner, it's obviously the Melbourne Storm. I coach to the empty degree, high you know very talented club. Very disciplined football club, 
but it's a big challenge for them. It is a big challenge. Uh, you guys set me the challenge of uh, going through the tape to see what your predictions <laughs> were for last week. Mm-hmm. We've got 200 gamers this week, Cody Walker and Vunavalu, both try scorers in their milestone games. There is a try for the man playing his 100th game, Cody Walker. Finds Vunavalu, and he through hits the deck, he's hit the line. Well, I got Latrell Mitchell scoring two or more tries. We might get home games soon. All venues could reopen. Scoop. A little scoop. And I think what Parramatta might use this weekend on the notice board will be Bailey bagging them for them not being as good as the Roosters team. Here come the chips! Here come the chips! They will take a lot out of that, Parramatta. You can lose the performance but take confidence out of it. And you, no doubt, will take confidence out of your uh, prediction that uh, fans will be returning to home ground soon. So well played. Or teams will be returning to home yeah, ground yeah. soon. Uh, your 3 2 1. Uh, for last week. Yeah, again, Nathan Cleary's back for for Penrith. I thought they had a wonderful win. He's week two into the new style of football. Uh, Cody Walker uh, shone some light on South Sydney with that just creative football. And Josh Morris, the old statesman, come up with two massive plays at the end of the game. Uh, Traditionally known as a defensive centre, but come up with two attacking plays and Took victory away from Parramatta. He's my three points. Robbie? And I've gone the uh, the Morris brothers. I've, <laughs> oh, they're a package for me. <laughs> the, the twins, I've given them my three points. I, you know, it's outstanding what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, not only with the skill levels, but their, their effort areas. Um, two, I've gone Harry Grant. Uh, it's about time. It's taken the Tigers about 15 years, but they've finally found a decent hooker. So uh, I thought he was outstanding on the weekend. And uh, my one point went to Nathan Cleary. Uh, all great performers. The Morris brothers, from now on, no more double votes, so you've got to decide for They're next one. week. They're one. Identical twins, there's no double vote there. All right, let's look at the leaderboard <laughs> for the NRL team's MVP race. Benji Marshall is out in front. We'll have to wait and see whether Madge Maguire is recording this week. Josh Morris straight up to second with six votes and then a host of other players are nipping at their heels as well. Uh, well, the teams are in for round seven. What a way to kick off the round. The Panthers, they're in form. So are the Rabbitohs. This match has been moved to Netstrata Jubilee Stadium from Campbelltown after a big win over the Melbourne Storm. Ivan Cleary has named the same 17 to get the job done against the Bunnies. He's not yet in a top squad, but Tyrone May is on the reserves list and is available for selection after missing the first six rounds through suspension. James Roberts could finally make his return after uh, obviously being in rehab facilities for a couple of weeks and having the last couple of weeks off. If he's deemed uh, fit, that is, he's been named on the bench. The Rabbitohs could be without Liam Knight after he rolled his ankle against the Warriors in round six, while they'll definitely be without Tom Amone for at least 12 weeks after he suffered a nasty knee injury. In some positive news, Harme Selly is back on the reserves list after overcoming a hamstring injury. Noddy, you've said all season the Panthers need another point of attack. Is yeah. Dylan Edwards that alternate point of attack away from Viliami kick-out. Yeah, definitely. And it, obviously, it was a great win for him last week against the Melbourne Storm. Um, uh, you know, with Coruscant's a great creative dummy half. Um, you know, Luai's a runner. Nathan Cleary's the general. The fullback also creates that three-on-two at the end of the line. You know, it's a, it's a, we talk about the ball-playing fullback, what Billy Slater created. Play up a short side, um, support through the middle, pop up anywhere in the park, uh, communicates very well. And just that ability to sum up the right decisions when you get the overlap. That's why it's really important, I think, to have a ball-playing fullback. Robbie, uh, Matt Burton wasn't used against the Melbourne Storm. It was a tight match. But given the speed of the game now and the fatigue in the forwards, is it more of a risk than ever carrying a back on the bench if you don't use it? 
I, I don't think so. I think, if anything, it's probably a risk not carrying a utility or a back on the bench, especially with the HIA rules these days. And you, you need someone there to cover for all positions. Uh, any worst-case scenario, that might happen. So, look, unfortunately, he didn't get on the field on the weekend. But uh, I, think, I still think there's... Uh, most coaches you'll find will, will pick a, a utility, whether it be a, a half, a hooker or an outside back on the bench. And not, across most clubs, you're seeing that sort of role there for, the, yeah, for someone in the 17. Well, South have got James Roberts on the bench. Yeah. They've got an outside yeah. back on the bench. He's not going to play any other positions. If a, so if a halfback gets hurt, he goes on, plays centre, and they move someone around, and they probably move yeah. to, either, to the half. So. Does James Roberts deserve to be thrown straight back in if he's deemed fit? Uh, or the guys there, the, the Campbell Grahams... I, 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 th- I think they're, they're going well at the moment, so there's no need to put him under that sort of pressure. And he's had so long out of the game that I think it's a great way to introduce him back into, back into the game by starting him off the bench. It just takes the pressure off him. You know, Seattle's are going really well, so uh, I think that's a luxury that they've got, that they can just bring him off the bench and they don't need to rush him back into the starting 13. And they were good on the weekend, thanks to Cody Walker. What yep. makes him the most important cog to their attack? Well, Adam Reynolds is not really a running halfback. He's a great game manager and he kicks the ball, but Cody Walker is that off-the-cuff um, plays ad-lib football, probably plays eyes-up football. Um, the other thing about Cody Walker coming back is we're, we're starting to see uh, Latrell Mitchell hit some yeah. form as well. So it's not purely just Cody Walker coming in, but it's Latrell Mitchell as well. So, um, you know, I, I think he, I think he's a player that suits this unstructured football, play yeah. what's in front of him. Um, I, I like the new rules. And as you said, he's, he's come back. Uh, he, he let his teammates down a little bit spent some time off the park and then come back and repaid him. So I think it's it's a good sign. Wayne's got, you know, as much as we said South were underperforming for the first few weeks, now they've got their big stars playing well. But that's what Wayne does for the side. He has faith in them, waits patiently, and then they come, come back with confidence. Well, the Melbourne Storm will be looking for some confidence. Uh, will they find it in Sydney, not in Melbourne, when they face the Warriors at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium? They welcome back uh, two key players. Jerome Hughes is back at halfback after missing the last two weeks with a broken hand. Josh Adokar also returns. He's back on the wing after missing the Panthers' loss as he welcomed his second child into the world. Congratulations to the Fox. Christian Welsh has been named at uh, prop to start, although Brandon Smith traded places uh, the last couple of weeks, so we'll have to wait and see whether they do that again. Riley Jacks is outside of the 17. The Warriors are set to begin life after Stephen Kearney with their best back three together. David Fusatua needs to pass HIA protocols this week, while Ken Malmalo is named to return from a hamstring injury. Carl Lawton replaces the suspended Wade Egan at hooker after missing two weeks as a result of a head knock suffered at training earlier this year. Lachlan Burr also needs to pass the relevant test this week to be cleared to play. Jack Murchie starts for the first time in his short NRL career in place of Eliasar Kartora, who has an ankle injury. And Chanel Harris-Tavita is back on the bench for the first time this season. Uh, sorry, since the season resumed, while Isaiah Papali'i also returns. Robbie, uh, Noddy and us, we've discussed the Melbourne number 7 at length all year. Jerome Hughes returns against the Warriors who were under the pump. If you're Craig Bellamy, what's your message to him? Well, he's got to take control. This is a game where I think everyone's going to expect Melbourne to win and win comfortably. So you, you want to see him come in and, and take control of this side. You know, they, they've struggled since Cooper's left. Um, they've chopped and changed with different halves combinations. So, you know, it, it, it's there for him if he wants it. And, you know, he's got this opportunity now and he's got to make the most of it. The one thing is, you've got Cameron Smith and Cameron Munster, obviously, who are the, the, the dominant halves, or dummy half and half. So both those other two guys do majority of the kicking. Jerome Hughes is more just that supporting player. 
Um, so he's just got to do his job, I suppose, make his tackles, support, and and build pressure through any kicks he does do. So I don't mm. think he's I don't think he's asked to do much because the other yeah. two blokes do all of it. Most of us uh, looking at the Warriors, most of us were shocked when we heard that Stephen Kearney had been uh, let go by the club over the weekend. Uh, Noddy, if you're listening to the players, they were as shocked as a lot of us were. Would this decision to let him go, given their circumstances, they're all based here away from yeah. their families in Australia, will it bind or break the group? Well, by the sounds of it, it's probably going to break them. You know, they, look, they sounded like they were shattered. Um, you know, if any coach deserves some leniency through this tough period, uh, it was the Warriors coach, Stephen Kearney. I, I know it's a result-driven business. 42% success rate in winning but in this climate in this moment the Warriors bosses of obviously we need to draw a line in the sand um, you're right it's going to be really tough for the players to react um, you know and I think what normally happens is there's normally a reaction from the playing group the second week normally they win the second week of a new coach so be interesting to see how they feel they do have great success the Warriors against the Storm if any side that they're playing that they have great mm. success against it is the Melbourne Storm that the Warriors love to create massive upsets against Robert, your former teammate, former assistant coach to the West Tigers, Todd Payton, takes over as the interim coach. What kind of a challenge is this for him? Oh, it's huge. This is a challenge for an experienced coach, yeah. let alone a rookie coach, to come in under these circumstances and take control of a side that's living away from home, uh, you know, with all the challenges they're facing. facing. The coach that they, they really love just got sacked as well. So, as Noddy said, it's got the, um, you know, it, it's got the potential to really break the playing group. Uh, it's, it's going to be a huge challenge for, um, for Toddy and I wish him all the best. Um, you know, obviously, he's a close friend, so uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for him, but uh, you know, definitely one that's going to have its challenges along the way and I hope he can do a great job. Is it too big a challenge for him to take over long term, given what they're going through as a club? Y yeah, well, as I said, as a rookie coach, whether he wants that job long term, it's, it's obviously it's going to take some time. Um, to get them back on track uh, under the current circumstances. So, look, I'm, I know he's always had the ambition to be a, an NRL coach. Is this the right job for him at the right time? I'm not too sure. He's been thrust into it, you know, right now in a, um, in a I guess, caretaker sort of position. So, look, hopefully he can do a good job in the short term. And what happens after that, I'm not too sure. But I'm not sure if it's the right job for him right now because as a rookie coach, you don't want to throw yourself in the deep end when... Uh, yeah, it's going to come up, come back and um, backfire on you. He's done a good apprenticeship. He obviously, you know, won a twenties competition at the Tigers. Goes yeah. the Cowboys had great success. Was a part of their premiership winning side. So and now been this is the third club. So you always learn something new from each club and organisation you go. With. I think it's probably not the right time to get him because you think the players will be down, yeah. struggling away from home. But if he can sell himself to these players and show yeah. that he can improve them and bond them together, then when the players all get together and say, "Hey, we need to sign the coach." That's a, that's a big selling point. He, he's a smart coach too. Yeah. And I guess one way of looking at it, he's got nothing to lose because no one's expecting much from the Warriors because the, everything is going against them right now. So no one's expecting him to come in and completely overhaul the system or how they're playing. So if he can actually get some results... It's a massive tick beside his name. Yeah, well, hopefully we see a response from Warriors players this weekend. Uh, the Roosters, well, geez, they are red hot at the moment. What a test for the Dragons on Friday night at Bankwest Stadium. Fullback James Tedesco fronted up well to club headquarters on Monday after that sickening head knock he suffered against the Eels. He has been named in the number one jersey. The reigning Dalian medalist needs to pass concussion protocols without any setbacks to face the Dragons on a six-day turnaround. There are two changes on the bench for the tricolours. Sam Berrells and Lindsay Collins come back in the 17 with Mitch Orbison and Satili Tupanua making way. Dragons fans will be happy to see Jason Saab on the wing to replace Jordan Pereira 
who is suspended for a fortnight for his high shot on Corey Thompson. Blake Lowry has been promoted to start at prop with Josh Kerr dropping to the bench. Jackson Ford is set to play his first match of 2020 as Tim Lafoy returns to the club's reserve list for the first time since he started rounds one and two at centre. Now, guys, one player who unfortunately isn't on that list is the great James Graham. Now, the club is set to uh, confirm that he is going to return to the UK to return to the club where his career started, St Helens, later this week. He's not on the team sheet, but Robbie, you had many a great battles with him in recent years. What made him such a great competitor? Yeah, that, well, that's the word there. He's a competitor and he's tough. And um, You knew what you were going to get from him. Uh, he was always a fiery sort of character on the field and uh, yeah, he'd give it as well as, as he could take it and I think everyone respected him uh, for what he did week in, week out on the field and uh, he played the game tough as he, he, he's... Uh, he definitely looks um, his age. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, yeah, he, he has a dig every week, as I said, and he's one of those players that uh, you, you love to play with, and is uh, and and off the field too is a character, you know. So we're going to miss that side of it. He's obviously got a big personality in the media and things out here. So uh, he's a big loss for the NRL. We could have a whole show dedicated to James Graham and some of his highlights. He he, he's a Liv- he's from Liverpool, but he's an Everton fan, which yeah. I never liked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one, one parting bar yeah, for yeah, Robbie yeah. before he heads He's home. He's an Everton fan, so that's one thing I don't like about James. We've had some great Englishmen play yeah. our game, even Sam Burgess recently as well. Yeah. Where, do, where does James Graham rate among the, the great English imports up front, Adrian Morley and the like? Well, Adrian Morley. Um, I, you know, Rob, your Tigers had a great Gareth, Gareth Ellis, Ellis come yeah. out, and you know, so the big pack of forwards. But, He's got to be top five of all Englishmen ever to come out and play a game, hasn't he? You know, in that category, as you said, he's he's a competitor. He's not the biggest front rower, but he plays like he's the biggest front rower. Um, he has that silky skill, skill with the yeah. soft touch. In the 2012 when Canterbury went on to that grand final, it was James Graham's first year at the club, and they created a different style of football. Vaseline all over the legs. Uh, <laughs> the, the, come on, the, the no to the refs right. and the, 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 the banter. The, no the, the no pointing rule. Hands on your back. Yeah, a good character. He's played over 500 top level games like he's yeah. played 50 odd test match for both England and Great Britain as well so been a huge competitor uh, and you know gets to go home and finish a career where his career started yeah, sometimes James Graham was as prickly off-field in press <laughs> conferences as he was uh, passionate on-field. James, thank you for all the great memories. Let's push on uh, Noddy. The Chooks this year, how do they compare to the Premiership sides at this stage of the year compared to 2018 and 19? They're pretty good, don't they? We thought they'd struggle a bit without Latrell Mitchell and Cooper Cronk. They've, they've struggled. They struggled the first two weeks. Um, they're out of sync, out of sorts. Obviously, the new tempo suits them in a way. They play flat, they play fast. Obviously, getting Josh Morris... Uh, who I think is the best defensive centre still in the game, but the, the, the attack spark he showed was great. And Kyle Flanagan settling in very well to his new role, um, filling in for Cooper Cronk. So I, I can't see any chinks in their armour. I, I can't see why they're not, they don't deserve to be the favourites now after six weeks of football, and they're absolutely flying. Well, the, the one question mark was over Kyle Flanagan mm. you know, when he came in for Cooper yeah. Cronk. And the first two rounds, yeah, obviously I think there were the question marks yeah. that were still lingering, but since, the, since we've come back after the break... Yeah, he's been outstanding. Yeah, he's really playing his role. He's, he's settled in nicely. As you said, the pickup of Josh Morris, like, I can't believe that, well, first of all, like going back, I can't believe the Dragons let them go back yeah. in the day, then the Bulldogs, and then the Sharks have let him go. Like, mm. Yeah, he was playing origin. He got back in the origin side last year, and as Noddy said, he's the best defensive centre in the, in the comp. And yeah, you lose Latrell Mitchell, you replace him with Josh Morris. Pretty good replacement. We normally see Trent... Robinson, rightly or wrongly, hold his team back until after Origin, then let them go. And they really hit their straps in, in August and September. Are the Roosters showing their cards too early? 
it's yeah I, I don't know look the, how do you like that that's just the way they play I think yeah. that's the intensity they play out week in week out um, you know you hear about the way they train and, and things like that and they take it onto the footy field and look they're in great form can they maintain this form for another 18 20 weeks I think they probably can to be honest but yeah. um, it, it's a pretty daunting team to come up against when you leave guys out like Mitchell Orbison Tupanua um, you know they're making they're making the 17 at any other club. Okay, we've got to look at the Dragons. Uh, now, they normally get up for Anzac Day. They do every year. They haven't beaten the Roosters on a match played not on Grand, uh, Anzac Day since the 2010 Grand Final. So it's been 10 years almost. We're clutching it. We're clutching yeah. it. We're, no, We're clutching it. No, the, fa the fact of the matter is they perform on Anzac Day. This match was meant to be on Anzac yeah, Day, right. but it's not. So how does Mary get them up? They've been they've been better in the last two weeks, but this is the biggest test in the game. Well, this is that's how you get them up. They've been better in the last two weeks. So I think they'll be full of confidence. Obviously, uh, two good performances. They've been they will go against the Roosters team that no one's going to say the Dragons are going to beat them. So they go in with no pressure on them. Um, they challenge themselves. It's probably a really good test for the Dragons to see where they're at. Two wins against. You know, sides that they were probably close to in form like. Um, now they're playing the bench. They're playing the premiers. Uh, they've got to test themselves, but it's, it's a good test for them. I oh, know we'll, we'll speak about it later as well, but the intensity of the Roosters-Parramatta game, does that take something out of the Roosters this, this week? Mm. You know, do Dragons get them at a good time? They might be a little bit off this week. You're not too sure, but um, that you know that was a pretty intense game they had against Parra last week. So, so a couple of weeks ago, you said the dogs are going to beat the Roosters. No, no, we'll no, have to I wait to no, see no, whether no, no. we'll have to wait and see with your prediction whether you're going to pick another upset. That's oh, all okay. I was going to say. <laughs> Got to push on to the next game. Uh, the Cowboys uh, they're under some pressure as well, just like the Dragons. Up against the Knights, who are on a bit of a roll. This one's up in Townsville uh, on Saturday afternoon. There's plenty of heat on the playing group after the loss to the West Tigers, but Paul Green hasn't made mass changes. The same 13 will line up against the Knights with Reuben Cotter coming in for Corey Jensen on the bench. Jordan McLean could be a late inclusion. He's been named in Jersey 20 after missing last week with a calf strain, but Valentine Holmes will miss a second week with an ankle injury. He's been great for the Newcastle Knights so far in 2020, but Bradman Best is missing from Newcastle's lineup this week. Now, the bustling young centre went home to visit his parents over the weekend, a different residency. Uh, that would have been okay if he had have had written approval from the Apollo group. He self-reported to the club and has now had to self-isolate for seven days. So he'll miss this week. He'll be back next week. And Ari Tuwala replaces the rookie after he was rested last week. That's the only change for Adam O'Brien's squad. Now, yesterday, Josh Maguire, he was fired up as uh, he ever was. Normally, we see him fired up on field. But here's what he had to say about the Cowboys' form of late. Hard to put it bluntly, um, you know, it was pretty shit out, to be honest, from us as a group, not to go out there and not do your job. You know, it's, you know, you're taking, you know, you're taking the piss, really. If those things like energy and attitude or whatever you're questioning, resilience aren't there, is that a worry? Oh, well, obviously it's a worry when you're not doing it, but it's also, you can find it, you know, it's not like it's something that, you know, it's hard to get. And you don't just find that overnight. You don't find that, you know, in one 80-minute of football you find that over building it over you know weeks of performance so josh mcguire says they won't find it over 80 minutes snotty but they don't have much longer to turn their season around with the, the pressure they're under as individuals and especially their coach yeah definitely and obviously then the more you talk about it the more it drains you the more pressure you get put under the more it weighs you down and then you go out there and you make them horrible mistakes so as you said it takes time to build well they've they've been horrible all year they haven't 
They didn't start the year very well. They opened the new stadium. They played poor. Um, and then they've... You know, I understand they've got a few injuries, but as you said, some of these things that they're lacking doesn't take talent. It just takes having a crack, having a dig. And now you know that the coach is under pressure. And by not making many changes, it shows faith. In that faith, they've got to repay it to the coach in big time. Robbie, where's it all going wrong? I'll tell you what, they, they were horrendous on the weekend. <laughs> I, I watched that game and they were, they were really, really bad. I didn't think they were going to score a point, to be honest. Um, look, if there, if there is one excuse, it's not easy travelling from Townsville down to Sydney on game day, three-hour flight, getting off, a, getting off a plane to go play. They're back at home this week, so there's no excuses. Yeah. They need to show up and play. They need to show something because I, I really fear for, for Paul Green's job. I think if they don't show up and play this week, I think we'll have our, our second coach of the year sacked. OK, Noddy, uh, speaking of uh, travelling, the Knights travelled for the first time at length this year in terms of, uh, you know, interstate. They've had a game in Newcastle, Leichhardt, Campbelltown, Campbelltown, Central Coast, Central Coast. Yeah. How will it impact them uh, doing what Robbie said, but the opposite? Yeah, it's a big challenge, isn't it? As you said, it's great to go to a game of football on a bus and drive home that afternoon and you're back within two hours. It's, mm. It helps your recovery. You get more time to train, uh, more time to recover. You spend more time at home. Everyone's much happier. So, yeah, it's a big challenge for them. Uh, the big challenge is that, you know, as you said, they, they had a reassessment last week by getting beat to Melbourne two weeks ago when they or Canberra two weeks ago when they were a bit soft and poor. Um, I just think that the, the, the forward pack for Newcastle will dominate the forward pack for the Cowboys. And on the back of that, you're going to give Mitchell Pearce and Caelan Ponga room to move and, and they'll blow them apart. It'd be interesting to see Caelan Ponga was the one they let go in North Queensland as well. He'll, he'll return back there and mm. maybe put a dance on for him. Well, it's disappointing we won't see Val Holmes against Caelan Ponga. That would have been one great battle, as will this on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Broncos against the Titans up at Suncorp Stadium. Fans will be back at Suncorp, uh, I think up to 10,000, which is a huge win. Anthony Seabold threatened to make some changes, and Jermaine Azarko is the man who has been relegated to the bench after being overlooked in round six. Tessie New. Uh, will make his starting debut at fullback. He came off the bench in rounds four and five. He was a late in last week, and Isaac Luke starts at hooker again this week. Tom Flegler and Patrick Carrigan have both been hit with one-match bans, adding to the coach's headaches. So Joe Offhand-Gowie will start at lock, while Jamil Hopawadi and Reese Kennedy both return via the interchange bench. Corey Pakes is missing altogether. Let's look at the Titans. Corey Thompson has been cleared of a jaw of jaw damage, so uh, he should be right to go if he gets through his HIA protocols uh, this week. The Titans expect him and Philip Sammy to play. The winger has a cork. Dale Copley replaces young Tonomapia in the centres. He has a knee injury, which is not great news. Mitch Rain has been named to replace Aaron Clark at hooker, who has been dropped. Bryce Cartwright has also been axed, with Sam Lasone and Keegan Hipgrave starting in the pack. Jared Wallace is another big name in. He hasn't played since round three. Uh, Noddy has Anthony Seabold dropped the right player. Oh, he's, he's whacked him with a feather duster, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you, ch you change a fullback for a kid that, that come on the bench. Like, everyone's been screaming out that Anthony Milford has not been playing up the form. They can't score a point. They're struggling to, to even get in the contest. I think the seven and the six are both under enormous pressure. I know Brodie Croft was a signing from Melbourne to run the game. Um, you know, I thought Milford just did catch pass for most of the game, especially the last 10, 15 minutes when the game was on the line. Catch pass, catch pass. I think Milford is an out-and-out -out fullback. I don't think he likes running the side. I don't think he likes defending in the front line. I'd make him a fullback. So then 
it's all unstructured football for him. But I want to see a lot more from both the seven and the six. Well, if Anthony Milford was to move to football in the uh, next couple of weeks, Tom Dearden is an option to come in. But uh, will Anthony Seabold uh, bring him back? He's a super talented player, but he's, he's only played one one full game of footy since last May, you know. So I just got to, you know, he's an NRL player of the future and, and um, he did a good job for us last year um, in, the, in the few games that he played. But also got to try and protect him too, mate. Okay, so he wants to protect his young half. Hasn't played since May in the NRL last year. Is he being too cautious, Anthony Seabolt? Well, if you're going to take that approach, well then, how do you bring up anyone that hasn't been in the top 17? Because no one's playing reserve grade. No one's playing any sort of rugby league underneath the NRL. So, you know, you're going to get an injury. You're going to have to make changes. You're going to have to bring in players that haven't been playing football. So, look, if he's going to treat him that way, well then you've got to treat everyone that way, does, really. Does Tom didn't fix their issues? No. Right now? No. No, I think their issues are a lot bigger than that, to be honest. And, and he might be protecting him by not bringing in a young kid. To get into, slaughtered into the get, moment. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. Well, it's hopefully we see Anthony... I mean, the stage is set for Anthony um, Milford to return to form against the Titans, who are also struggling. But Mitch yes. Rain and Jared Wallace, two big names return. Uh, Jared Wallace, especially against his former club. Do you expect him to go big? 100%, yeah. I, and he's, he's had the fight for his position, you know. I think what Justin Horrible's done is he's put them all on notice. He's, he's not afraid to make a decision. Um, and as you said, yeah, definitely Wallace gets to play against former teammates. You know, he, he's a Queensland representative. Yeah. You've got pride. You want to get back on the park and lead your team around. Uh, Mitch Rain, I think, will be a good spark for him out of dummy half. Great running dummy half. Uh, if they get a chance to play and create some momentum. Question is, will they get 10,000 fans to this game? Do they have 10,000 loyal fans up there that are going to go watch this? Let's uh, push on. Uh, <laughs> we've got an absolute cracker of a game uh, coming up on Saturday night. We're not going to go there, Noddy. Uh, the Eels against the Raiders at Bankwest Stadium. The Eels have named an unchanged 13. That could change, though, if Nathan Brown fails to have his grade two careless high tackle uh, downgraded at the judiciary tonight. The only other change comes on the bench. Bra Brad Takarangi comes back into the side in place of Penny Terrapo. A second loss in three weeks hasn't forced Ricky Stewart to make any adjustments just yet. The Raiders coach has named the same seven team that lost to Manly. Bailey Simonson has been overlooked again. Not either stats show, uh, Robbie, you spoke about it earlier, the intensity of the uh, Eels match against the Roosters, that this was origin-like yep. intensity. Will the Eels suffer an emotional hangover given that? Well, it was a good test for them, wasn't it? And again, they lost the match, so that'll be disappointing for them, but I think they would have learned a lot that they can, they can play at the pace of the Roosters, which, as you said, was a state of origin-like game, which is what a grand final at the best is going to look like. Um, the experience is probably what let them down in the last 10, 15 minutes. So they have to be careful. Parramatta have been now up for four weeks in a row. Big clashes, blockbusters, leading the competition. At uh, some stage, as you said, and, and Robbie, you've said it before, players have to have a lull somewhere. Yeah. The coach has got to stay on top of it to see when is that lull going to come. And, and, and maybe there's signs of it sometimes at training that they're not quite up, and he has to be ready for that. Robbie, what's the biggest lesson they take out of that gruelling loss? I think you just, especially against the good sides, you, you just can't have a moment off. Like you saw him hit the lead, that, uh, the Roosters lose Tedesco for the game and you just think, oh, para home here. Mm. And then within, within the blink of an eye, the Roosters go down, Kiri goes yeah. to the line, goes straight through on the show and go, they get back in the lead. So you clock off for one second against those great teams and you're going to get punished. And Parramatta were great for most of that game, but for those little moments that they weren't, they got punished. I think you, you take huge confidence 
about, you know, challenging the Premiers who are actually on fire. We knew this game was going to be the match of the season. It lived up to all the hype. But as you said, I think it gives you belief by being at the top, winning the close matches. The more you win the close matches, the more you know how to win the close matches. Well, and that's why this week's important for Para because they've come up against both last year's grand finalists two weeks in a row. Yeah. They've lost to the Roosters. You lose to the Raiders this week, then all of a sudden a bit of doubt starts creeping in. Oh, maybe we can't beat these... You know, the top teams in the competition. So it's a big it's a big week for their confidence. Yeah, it's also a big week for the Raiders' confidence. Uh, their coach not too happy with their attack of late. And we are struggling struggling with attack, and it's what I just told the players that uh, you know we spoke quite um, thoroughly after the game. I mean, I can I can see what our I know what our I can see what our issues are, and we've got uh, not a lot of time before next week's game, and got to fix it quickly. Since we come back from the break, we, we, we've been poor offensively. Yep, Ricky Stewart, some fair points there, Noddy. Can they turn it around and fix that in six days? Oh, I think so, yeah. They're a quality side. We saw them have a wonderful match when, the, when we come back to playing football. Um, you know, they're a bit out of sync. Uh, in my mind, it looks like they're, they're overplaying their hand a little bit. Yeah. They, they had wonderful success against the Melbourne Storm with some cutout passes, and instantly they're just going straight to long cutout passes. Um, they're not being patient enough to build the tries and let them come. Um, you know, they've got quality players. White and Williams, um, Hodgson, they've got some quality players in the key positions. Curtis Scott, quality player, bought as a strike centre. Does he need to lift his game or face being dropped this week? Definitely. He's struggling for form, especially defensively. I think he's been found out the last uh, couple of weeks. And there's a big big challenge for him this week coming up against Jennings. Jennings has been in great form. And Parramatta are definitely going to look at the footage from last week and see some of Scott's defensive reads. And there's no doubt that they'll be targeting uh, you know, Canberra's right-hand side defence, Parramatta's left-hand side attack. So, look, I dare say he's going to face... Um, yeah, plenty of uh, traffic this week, so it's going to be a, a really big challenge for him. But uh, he, he needs to be up for it because he's been off his game the last few weeks. Yeah, well, this is shaping up to be the match of the round. You can watch it on Foxtel, uh, Sky New Zealand using the KO uh, app or right here on the NRL app using the Telstra Live Pass. Well, Manly, geez, they were great and gutsy against the Raiders. They've got a big test this week against the Sharks due to the personnel they are missing. Manly fans are still coming to terms with the fact that Tom Trebojevic and Dylan Walker will miss at least six weeks with hamstring and foot injuries respectively. It's caused a big reshuffle to their back line. Brendan Elliott slots in at fullback while George Tafua returns from injury on the wing. Brad Parker has been named but needs to pass his concussion testing before Sunday as Tavita Funa moves into the centres. He did a good job after Walker left the field against the Raiders, so Lachlan Croker partners DCE in the halves again. A big boost up front, Marty Tapao is back after missing last week with a thumb injury, so Sean Kepi shifts to the bench and Morgan Boyle drops out of the 17. Finally, Kate Cass gets his first start of 2020. Let's look at the Sharkies. John Morris has the luxury of a reasonably settled lineup uh, from the one that beat the Bulldogs on Sunday night after coming off the bench. Andrew Fafida has been named to start in place of Braden Ueli. Uh, Tom Trebojevic, well, if you didn't think he was influential already, have a look at these stats. He is deemed or has been deemed the most influential player in the game to his side. So when Manly have Tom Trebojevic, uh, they have a 77% uh, winning rate compared to 35 without him. This is over last year and this year. They concede five less points. But it's it's that stat of the 
bottom there, Robbie, involved in 11 of Manly's 16 tries. How much do the Seagulls have to change their attack given all of their attack comes off Tom Drabovic? Oh, they're going to miss him. He, as you said, he's so influential. Uh, he's been in great form. So uh, you can't really replace a player like him. I think Manly over the next six weeks are going to grind games out. I think they're going to, as they did on the weekend, I thought for them to win under those circumstances on the weekend was outstanding. Uh, showed great character. And I think you'll find over the next six weeks, uh, it's not going to be pretty for them. You can't just replace a player like Tom um, and be, be fancy with your plays and, and stuff like that. So, look, I think uh, it's going to be a challenging six weeks for Manly and a lot of their games are going to have to be built off their defence. Speaking of the next six weeks, uh, they've got the Knights after the Sharks and the Dragons, Eels, Cowboys and Panthers. If you're Des Hasler, what's a pass mark through that period, knowing that hopefully Dylan Walker and Tom yeah. Dubovic return for the back two months leading into the finals? Yeah, well, it's a tough ask, isn't it? As you said, you, you want to keep winning. You don't want to go through some bad habits now. You don't want to change your whole style of football because those two players are out as well. So, you're right, right. I think Des Hasler will work really hard on high completion rate. Yeah. Cherry Evans controlling the game with his kicking game and defending the house down. If they only need to score eight to ten points, they can win close games. So uh, if you look at that, you probably go, uh, you know, 50% pass. I think Des Hasler at the moment would say if we get, if we get three out of those six, be pretty happy. Okay. What about uh, the Sharkies, Robbie? Uh, John Morris made a fair point after their win against the Bulldogs. The likes of Graham... Moylan, Johnson, Dugan haven't played together much. Did you, did you see enough promise so that they can sh give this comp a shake? Well, they, if they all stay fit. Well, I don't think they give the comp a shake. Um, I don't think uh, they're that you know that good this year, to be honest. Um, but I think they'll get better given if they, they they can play some footy together. The problem is keeping them all injury free, uh, and that's been the, the challenge for John Morris and the Sharks over the last 12, 18 months. Yeah, you know, Moylan. That first game back from injury, he needs an extended run in the team. Same with uh, you know, Sean Johnson and the like. So, look, if they can get some footy together, they're going to get better. Um, but the challenge is, as I said, keeping them all on the field. OK, the last game of Round 7. We've got the Bulldogs against the West Tigers. Uh, a big game for both clubs. This is Sunday, 6.30pm at Bankwest Stadium. Dean Pay has been forced to shuffle the Bulldogs' back line after Christian Crichton accepted his one-match ban for a shoulder charge on Matt Moylan. That sees Remus Smith move to the wing and Kerrod Holland uh, starts in the centres. Jake Avarillo and Dallin Watene Zalesniak are set to switch spots on the right as well. Jack Cogger has been named as the utility option on the bench, while Nick Meaney is available for selection after recovering from a hip flexor injury. Now, Aidan Tolman is in Jersey 21, but needs to return a negative result to another COVID-19 test on Friday in order to be cleared to train on Saturday and then play on Sunday. So as it stands, a reminder, he has not once tested positive to coronavirus at any stage. Let's look at the Tigers. Co-captain Benji Marshall has again been overlooked, as has fellow veteran Chris Lawrence. Tommy Talau returns from a week off with a hamstring issue to boost an injury hit Tigers side. The youngster replaces Robert Jennings on the wing, who has a hammy injury he picked up against the Cowboys. Zane Musgrove has a foot injury, so Oliver Clark starts up front with Matt Eisenhuth replacing Alex Twal at lock. Elijah Taylor is back on the bench for the first time since the season resumed in round three. Uh, the Bulldogs, uh, a new halves combination on the weekend. It was their fourth of the season. Uh, let's take a look at uh, the way they've lined up this year in the halves. Uh, Wakeham and Lewis started the season. Lewis and Cogger, then Foran and Lewis for rounds four and five. Uh, for this week and last week, Foran and Wakeham, Robbie, 
I'll probably sound like a broken record, but we've discussed this. But the one thing that Dean Pace said after the loss on the weekend is he saw enough signs to suggest this is what he's sticking with. How important is it now that he does stick with it? Well, well he has to. He's tried every combination. Um, so it, he's finally settled on one by the looks of it. So, yeah, he's got to give them some time together, try and develop that relationship, that combination on the field. Um, and, and, yeah, you, can't, you just can't keep changing every week because you're not going to get any consistency, any continuity. So um, if this is what he's sticking with, then you know, let's see what happens over the next month. I, I thought this... In all the teams that are under... I think the dogs have showed over the last few weeks there's some improvement in them. You know, you talk about the clubs. The coach is under enormous pressure. I think these Canterbury are a side that, with their talent, or the roster, they're playing to the nearly as good as their ability. Some poor defensive decisions and some poor errors have hurt them, but... I, I don't think they're going that bad. In yeah, you can't question position. their effort. They're having can't a crack. Question their effort. They have a crack. You can't, but what about their execution? It's, at some point, like this is the NRL, so yeah. at some point they've got to turn that effort into crucial execution. But they do. There's, there's no doubt they do. But look, at the end of the day, um, I think some clubs out there, you see they've got the talent that just aren't competing or that, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, we talk about the Cowboys, you know, some of their effort areas and the, and the Warriors and the Titans, but the Bulldogs... Had, as a, as a coach, if your players are coming off that field every week and they're giving you everything they've got, well, then you can only be proud of them. And I think the dogs are competing. They're competing well. They lack in some areas when it, when it comes to quality, but I, I don't think you can question their effort. All right. In the back end of 2018 and 19, Robbie, I don't want to bring them up, but the Tigers suffered key losses to the Bulldogs, which, which yeah. crueled them in their bid for a final spot. Yeah. Michael Maguire's new mantra of this roller coaster club that you know, the ride the, the club's been on, surely this is a game where he goes, you have to win this at all costs. Well, they have to win. They have to win. If the Tigers have any ambition of making the semi-finals this year, this is a game, you know, with all due respect to the Bulldogs, this is a game that they have to win if they see themselves as a top eight team. So we'll find out a lot about the Tigers this week. They, they've performed uh, two weeks in a row. They were great against Canberra without getting the result. Uh, they were outstanding last week for, you know, 40 or 50-odd minutes against the Cowboys, still searching for that 80-minute performance. They come up against the Bulldogs side this week. That, as I said, yeah, they're going to come to play the Dogs. You know, they're going to. It's going to be a tough battle, but the Tigers have to show their quality and they have to win this week if they think they're a top eight team. We'll know this week, Noddy, whether Mike Maguire's mantra is paying off. If not, I'd hate to be in the sheds after the game. It, it, it takes time that for that culture and attitude to change. So that, that, if they play like they did the first 40 minutes last week, they definitely beat the Canterbury. But Canterbury also aren't going to go away because we just mentioned how brave they are, how much yeah. they kept fighting. They still nearly had a chance to win in the 80th minute against Cronulla. They, they'll, they'll keep trying. So yeah. you know, this will be the challenge, that, as you said, Mike Maguire wants, but it, it takes time to, to get that consistency. You can ask for it, but you've got to learn how to do it. All right, well, I'll be watching uh, every game this weekend all the way from Thursday to Sunday. If you want to as well, make sure you tune in uh, via our broadcast partners, Nine, Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, uh, KO, and, of course, using the Telstra Live uh, pass here on the NRL app. All right, uh, my favourite time of the week, apart from when we replay them the next week, uh, prediction time, Robbie. Can I have two? Noddy had three last week. Yeah, just throw, throw, throw everything. I got two this week. <laughs> I think the Morris boys will both score a try against their old club, the Dragons. Mm. And if the Cowboys lose this weekend, I think Paul Green will be without a job next week. Oh, that is brutal. Noddy. I'm going to just say Parramatta's left edge will score three tries. OK, I like that. I like both of those. So hopefully uh, the Cowboys have a win for Paul Green's sake. Uh, inside the NRL, we'll be back next Monday uh, with Jamie Soward, Michael Chamis and Katie Brown wrapping up all the big talking points out of round seven. 
and we'll be back next Tuesday. Brett Kamali, Robbie Farrah, thank you. <laughs> I forgot my name. No, no, no. No, I can't believe we got through a show without any barbs being thrown. I was going to say, surely I can get a knife out of my back from Noddy this week, but no, it's play on. So thanks for a good show. Enjoy the footy this weekend. We'll see you next Tuesday. Zach, Robbie, Robbie, Zach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'll shake your hand, but it's COVID, so I'm not allowed. Elbows. Yeah. See ya. <laughs>